another edition of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. I'm Craig. And today, for the very first time here in the Two Guys in a Chainsaw studios, we are joined by a guest, Kristen Soros-Hafen. Kristen, say hi to everybody. Hello. And Kristen, uh, you were the one who asked to be our first guest. I did. I did. Did you hear our previous podcasts or? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I just Just admitted that I hadn't and I feel real real dumb about it well, i should have how, how flattering thank you <laughs> <laughs> Kristen. we're glad you're a fan we, we are this is this is a great choice uh i figured it had to be great no I mean, that's I know good both well, of you, you're right and I, it had to be great craig i guess our reputation precedes us <laughs> absolutely <laughs> now Kristen, you also chose the movie for today which is saw the 2004 film by james wan and lee wannell why did first of all let me ask you have you watched many horror movies yourself no i haven't okay so when i came to you and i said what movie do you want to watch on this podcast you've never heard um and you said saw i my mouth kind of hit the floor and i'm kind of curious why why did you choose saw well honestly it's because i heard carrie elwes is in it and he was my first celebrity crush (laughs) (laughs) and i thought man i really i have to see his complete body of work Good a reason as any, sure. <laughs> and uh-huh. I hadn't seen this yet, so I thought, mm, that kind of fits in horror, right, I think. Yeah. I hadn't seen it, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> have you seen any horror movies? Do you have any basis for comparison? I have seen The Ring. Okay. Oh, that's not bad. Um, I've seen uh, that one, Skeleton Key, I think. Like yeah, Hudson. that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Hudson. Um, that's about it. <laughs> I can't really, I can't think of another horror wow, film that so, I've seen. <laughs> so we go from sort of supernatural ghost thrillers right into the torture porn genre, yes. don't we? Uh, you know what, it's been a while since I've seen this. Craig, when did, did you see this when it came out? I think I did. I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater. Uh, you know, you said torture porn and I was, uh, reading that when, uh, 1L and Juan went to... Uh, make this movie. They didn't set out to make a torture porn film, but they kind of defined the genre. I don't recall hearing those words before this movie came out. And uh, I think I saw it in the theater because at the time it seemed somewhat unique, a different spin on things. Now we've been so inundated, not only with the sequels, but also the crappy copycats that um, it's it's getting a little bit old. It, but... it almost seems quaint, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I, I mean... I, it wasn't nearly as gory as I remember. No. <clears throat> now, I first saw this. I have a bit of a storied history with this one because I first saw it in the theater. I went, my wife doesn't like horror films. I couldn't really get anybody to go with me. So I watched in the theater and I was really blown away. I was blown away because, you know, you're right. The torture porn thing really started getting attached to films like Saw after Saw. Mm-hmm. Saw came, then Saw 2, then sort of Hostile. And, and, but Saw really sort of kicked it off. But up to that point, I'd never really seen a movie like this that was so grimy mm-hmm. and so dirty and just so kind of unrelentlessly at the time brutal, yeah. almost nihilistic, you know? And it's not that those movies haven't existed or that I probably hadn't seen them, but just this whole sort of everything at once mm-hmm. um, with the modern style really hit me. On top of that, the puzzle aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, it is at its heart, I think, a mystery, right? Yeah, it is. And I think... yeah. As the series went on, and I don't even remember if I've seen them all, I, I, I feel like I got lost in the plot. The, the plot becomes so convoluted. I mean, I guess 
somebody could say good for them for being able to sustain a plot from the first movie and still have tie-ins back to the first movie. Uh, but for me, I just, I couldn't follow it. I got completely lost. I didn't know uh, where it was going. But yeah, the first one, I mean, it's kind of set up as a mystery. It's almost got uh, like a, a crime show feel to it, like CSI yes. or, uh, or something like those murder shows that my folks are, you know, huge fans of. Um, and, and maybe those, you know, maybe those shows uh, owe a little bit of uh, uh, inspiration to this. I, I think you're kind of right. You know, when I, when I watched this this time around, I was impressed with how slow it went. I mean, it really took its time. It was really pretty methodical from what I remember. I, I saw the first Saw. I was so taken by it that when I saw that, when I saw that they were doing a Saw 2, the next Halloween, I had to go out and see it. Mm. I went to the theater. I still couldn't convince anybody to go with me, <laughs> so I watched it by myself. And Saw 2 really ups the ante. Yeah. I mean, Kristen, as far as this goes, it's a way more convoluted plot. It mm -hmm. goes a lot more fast-paced. And you talk about gore and disgusting situations these people are put in. Um, that's when it starts really hitting hard. Well, and they kind yeah. of fell into a trap too, because with the uh, with the second movie, they were really trying to up the ante on all of the traps and and the gore and all of that stuff. And so then every year after that, as these you know would come out around Halloween time, they were huge blockbusters. They made huge money. Nobody wanted to go up against Saw in the Halloween season, um, and but they then had to keep upping it. You know, they had to try to keep it fresh and interesting. And eventually, I mean, it was you know, just brutal, just absolutely brutal. Yeah, almost unbelievable. And 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 the thing that I liked about it, as a guy who watches a lot of horror films, once I, you know, got into the second one, it became a Halloween tradition for me. Mm. And I, I would stop asking people to go because I kind <laughs> of enjoyed going by myself. And the reason I did was, up until these films, I had really never seen a movie since I was a kid that made me cringe turn my eyes away from the screen. They would kind of bother me at that visceral level, the terrible traps these guys get put in mm -hmm. and the things that happen to their bodies, and it just pretty much zooms in on it and shows it in all of its explicit detail. I mean, as much as they can get away up with, yeah. with an R rating, it's insane. Right, and they had to cut quite a bit to get the R rating. It's I'd be really interested to see what they had to cut because in comparison to the sequels, this one is pretty tame. Now, I think it should also be said that if you've not seen the movie and you're not a fan of gore, it's certainly not tame in and of itself. It no. is gory. It's just, as an entry in the series, it's probably the least so. It's probably the goriest thing, Chris. Is it the goriest thing you've ever seen, Kristen? I mean, on a screen, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you've been through childbirth, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems some pretty gorgeous. Well, and I do, you know, makeup and stuff. So I, I've seen the, I've done a lot of real research on real things. But as far as on a screen all at one time, yeah, that's probably the, the goriest stuff. Now I feel like are there a lot in the sequels? Are there a lot of, that kind of machine, the mechanisms of yeah, things? Absolutely. That was scary for me. That head trap thing. The device you're wearing is hooked into your upper and lower jaws. When the timer in the back goes off, your mouth will be permanently ripped open. Think of it like a reverse snare trap. 
That yeah, the reverse bear trap. That was one of their first. This was um, uh, Lee Winnell is the screenwriter, and he developed the story with James Wan, who was the director. And they kind of started out just uh, throwing a story together based on nightmares that they had had. You know, these uh, really scary traps and and whatnot. Uh. Um, they put the the script together, and you know, they were both of them, you know, brand new uh, in the industry. And um, you know, somebody in Hollywood read it and just absolutely loved it, and it immediately came this super hot property uh, and we saw you know we see where it went from there it just exploded but yeah with every sequel the traps get more and more intricate Ooh. and violent and scary and, and complicated mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. and i think the reverse bear trap scene was the scene that they shot kind of as a spec that it was they, they took around oh. to so before they shot anything of the movie they mm -hmm. shot that that scene I don't know if it's the actual scene that ended up in the movie. No, it wasn't. They shot a version of it, uh, and then they shopped it around to get financing, and and you know, so th they were really selling the look mm -hmm. and the feel of the movie yeah. just as much yeah. as the script, yeah. you know. And it has that. You're right. That mechanical element. I that definitely grinding. felt like that was way scarier than the other parts. Just, I mean, with a machine, there's nothing you can do. It's yeah. all. It just happens. Well, Once it's the so thing goes. It happens. And, and the way it's presented, it's so visceral. Um, it, it's 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 scary to look at, let alone think of yourself oh, in I that situation. Yeah, I can feel <clears throat> the metal in my mouth. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah you're right, and uh, it's interesting what you said. I mean, it's one thing to be up against a person, yeah, uh, who you can convince, who's right. a human, who you can kind of maybe psychologically get through to, mm -hmm. or you can like hope to leap across the room at them or something like that. Right. But when a person has just set in motion a machine that's going to do its thing and has left the room and it's all up to you right and and you know the clock is is ticking and i think that that was a, a good device i mean you, not only do you see the clock constantly but you're also hearing that tick, 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 tick. oh that i, I mean it's just sure right it's a that. countdown yeah. that you know you know you know your time is well, it's creepy. And also, it, it forces you to kind of look within yourself, too. I think all of these traps and all of these films sort of ask the question, really have you asking yourself the question, what would I do in that circumstance? Would I have the guts to be able to do what I have to do? And I mean, this was nothing compared to what came later. Right. But, you know, the guts to literally go into this guy's guts, you know, right. who's still alive right. across the room, dig through them for that key that's going to let you out of the trap. Oh, I know. I kind of, oh, I was... Tell it when she was about to cut into him, I was like, what are you waiting for? He's dead. It's not a problem. Just do it. And then he started to move. And I thought, oh, crap. <laughs> I could do it. You're like, oh, it's this kind of film. I know. Right. Well, and I thought if she had just done it, she would have never known that he was still alive. It would have been a horrible experience, I'm sure. But she wouldn't feel guilty about it, you know? And I thought, oh, just, she just, just jumped on it. Yeah, but, but it changed her life. It did, Oh, for the it better. changed her life. I, wrote, and she, I had a note about that, too. There, go ahead. She becomes a key player uh, in the sequels. As it turns out, we find out that she actually becomes an assistant, basically, uh, to the killer later mm -hmm. on because she's so grateful to him right. for having turned her life around. You know, I don't know, <laughs> you know, on one hand, drug dealer, drug addict, on the other, serial killer, you know, you balance <laughs> it out, weigh it out, I guess, but she sees it as an improvement. And I really like that actress, uh, too. Shawnee Smith, is that her name? I she thought, was in a, yeah. she was in a lot of stuff from the '80s. She was in '80s horror, and she was in you're probably too young, Todd. Do you remember Summer School? Yes. Um, she was one of the students in Summer no School. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, oh my I gosh. I remember that movie. Do you? Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. So she's been around, and she uh, 
they asked, I, it, I don't remember if it was Lee Wanell or, or, or James Wan, they asked, you know, is there anybody that you have in mind for this part? And, and whoever it was just kind of offhandedly said, I wonder what Shawnee Smith is doing. And uh, the next day, the, the casting director came and said, we got her. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> well, she, she wasn't doing much. No, <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't have a whole lot to do. And she was apparently deathly ill for all of her scenes. Which worked out well. <clears throat> yeah. She, she, had a, like, she had a fever of like 104 through the whole thing. But she also didn't have to do a lot of shooting. They filmed this really quickly in just a matter of, uh, I don't remember exactly how many weeks, but you know, just a few weeks. Um, Danny Glover did all of his stuff in just a couple days i think well yeah <clears throat> that's he, the only way you could probably afford danny glover right. you know, with this kind of production i think that was kind of an odd choice personally yeah. to have Don, danny glover there as a cop and then you know the bad guy chaser well i mean it, it kind of played against type for him because he, he was so well known for the lethal weapon series mm-hmm. um and then here I don't know if he's supposed to come across this way, but he comes across as so bumbling. Like, Kristen, yeah, you commented on it several times. Like, yeah, no <laughs> cop would ever do that. That's just, like, the craziest thing. Um, I was surprised, too. And the first time that it seems that he gets killed, which happens a couple of times, right. the, the first time I, I uh, was thinking, don't worry, Danny Glover, at least now you don't have to be in any of the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, that's right. Uh, but then he apparently got killed again towards the end. But I think, I don't even know if he is really dead. I think in the universe of the film, he's not. I think that he survived it and, like, he appeared in the Saw video game, which the the director and producers consider canon. It's so convoluted. It, but... Well, it, it is super convoluted <clears throat> because they didn't realize that this was going to be such a big hit no. that it would demand sequels. And so mm. the writer, Lee Wannell, who also um, plays in it, he's uh, opposite uh, Carrie Elways in the room. Yeah, he's one of those main guys. He's the oh. guy that wrote it. He's Adam. Yeah, Adam is the one who wrote the horrible dialogue that he can't even deliver. Right. <laughs> I had right here so much writer-driven dialogue that somebody in some room thought, this is what he would say. <laughs> and then you get out there as an actor and you're like, I can't make this make sense. <laughs> but you have to say it. It's so true, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were there were horrible lines in there. Horribly obvious, like, first dead body I've ever seen. Different in real life. They don't move. They don't move. Well, of course they don't move. They're dead. I, there was one, too, about uh, this is as much fun as I've had without lubricant. It came out of nowhere, and he just said it super fast. I mean, maybe if he had coined it in the moment, like, oh, this is as much fun as I've had without lubricant, you know? That yeah. makes sense. Like, he came up with it. He's but it's inter- like it was in his back pocket the whole time, waiting to use it in this horrible dirty bathroom <laughs> right right well and this is kind of his first effort you know they he and Juan have both gone on to have you know major success with I know Todd you recently reviewed Dead Silence right mm-hmm. that was them wasn't it that was them and yeah. uh, the Insidious uh, series which is still you know a pretty hot ticket right now and he's in that too I mean he's uh, he plays um, one of the paranormal uh, investigators and in those movies he's kind of a comic relief kind mm-hmm. of thing, and I think that kind of works for him. It uh, works a lot better than him trying to play the serious guy. Right. Yeah. It, it just comes across real annoying. Annoying and yeah. not realistic. It comes across as a guy acting. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. Is really what it is. Yeah. Well, and I guess in, in some regards that can work because he is, I mean, he's lying, you know, from the it's beginning. True. Both of the guys are. Uh, both of the guys uh, are, are concealing things. So maybe that, maybe it was somewhat intentional. Let's give him the credit and say that well, he was doing it on purpose. <laughs> the benefit of the doubt. Well, let's give him the credit, too, for writing, even if his dialogue kind of sucks, like the plot. 
yeah. is pretty pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good storyteller. Definitely. Did you, I mean, Kristen, were you kind of on the edge? Were you back and forth as far as who, wait, is it not this guy? Yeah, of course. Um, In fact, at the very beginning, the first scene, I I wrote down stuff about Carrie Elwes looking like he wasn't telling the truth all the way, that there was some sort of concealment going on. What about you, huh? There's there's not much to tell. I I was on my way home from work, and... uh, I don't remember anything else. I also wrote down, um, it could have been bad acting or disguising an accent, but let's hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little bit of both. That might have been part of it. Yeah. But, you know, they maybe were playing that did he do it angle because you find out later that he was a suspect. Um, So they could have been playing that angle a little uh, intensely, maybe. Um, well, well, who at any yeah. point in this movie is not a suspect? Right. You know? right. I mean, right. The, the, even the people in peril, that's part of the genius of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Adam, Lee Wannell's character, has something to hide. Carrie Elwes' character, what his name was, Larry, yeah. um, he has something to hide. Not related to the game, but the fact that, you know, Carrie Elwes is a surgeon, and he's obviously almost, apparently, cheated on his wife. Um, right. And, uh... Adam takes, you know, pictures. He's kind of one of these surveillance photographers right. who's paid to... Private investigator kind mm-hmm. of deal. Yeah, Without and that's... knowing what's going on. Right. right. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that's, you know, kind of part... We didn't even set up... I, I guess we don't have to. This movie came out in 2004. If you're listening to this podcast, we assume you've Hopefully probably you've seen, seen it. Hopefully you've seen it. Go ahead. But that's... Well, no, I mean, that's kind of part of the premise is that all of the characters are flawed in some way. I mean, that's that's the, the killer's whole shtick, is that he's trying to punish these people for wrongdoing or make them see the error of their ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of the characters are, are flawed. All of them have some kind of shady secret or past. Um, even uh, Danny Glover, the, the cop, the investigator, is, is kind of uh, unhinged by the end. You wonder if maybe he's got something to do with it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, the fact that you know, there's so many red herrings. Everybody's a suspect. I think that adds to the suspense and the mystery. And the first time I saw it, I was absolutely blown away by the end. I had no idea. I didn't see it coming from a mile away. So they got me. Yeah, me too. I was. I had chills. the The end scene when the guy gets up and yeah. goes and says "Game over" and shuts that door. Game over. I know, and what an excellent conceit that is to have the killer in the room the whole time, and you know, oh. right there in the middle. So many, not concealed <laughs> um, in any way. So clever. Now I don't know how realistic that is. I don't know how still somebody could lay for for six hours, and yeah. you know, <laughs> right. why wouldn't they see him breathing, et cetera, right. et cetera? But um, I don't know. Maybe they do move when they're dead. Maybe they do. <laughs> ah, that's right. <laughs> you know. did, did it take you by surprise, Kristen? Or? Oh, of course. I didn't see it coming at all, at all. But it was really interesting, the aspect that they played about each of these victims having something that was wrong with their life. Either they were doing bad things mm-hmm. or, or whatever. It kind of... Sometimes, you know, you watch shows and you just hope the bad guy gets it. You know what I mean? But then starting with a guy who you don't know is bad, seeing him get it, mm-hmm. and then realize that this is what he had done wrong. He almost cheated on his wife or what all these things you think, man, really nobody deserves that. No yeah. matter what it is they're doing. Nobody yeah. Knows. That's the thing. Like, I, I think that there's part of me that wants to be like, oh, he's kind of this moral crusader. But then at the other time, on the other hand, I'm like, it's kind of a prick move. Like, you know, yeah. who, who are you to judge these folks? You right? know, well, like, I'm sorry you have cancer and you're dying, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have we to... All... 
<laughs> right. <clears throat> well, and then yeah. that is Jigsaw's fatal flaw, really. I mean, that is his problem, is mm. this sort of uh, punishment does not at all fit the crime. But but that also overlooks a little bit more of his motivation, which is not just that you did something wrong, but that you don't appreciate life. Right. You don't appreciate what you have. And so I'm going to push you to the extreme to where you have to take some action on your own uh, mm-hmm. to save your life. And after you do that, you're going to appreciate it. And you're, you know, it's going to be the best kind of therapy you can do. Right. You know, presumably. Except well, that the, you'll need therapy after for the rest well, of Well, you are. And again, if you lose, it was really not fair. Right. <laughs> right. And, 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 but the only survivor that we know of came out feeling like she had learned something, like she had been helped. Yeah. I mean, it's sick and twisted, but... I guess she just gets him. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel grateful that I'm not in those situations. So <laughs> it helped me a little, I suppose. Nice. Well, you know, uh, so it starts out with these two guys in the room, and it reminded me a lot of these locked room mysteries, you know, that are um, yes. really popular right now. You yeah. know those are my favorite games on my phone, uh-huh. the escape the room ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was you... hoping for more of an element of that, really. Well, didn't you feel like there was some Well, there was definitely there? some there. I mean, the kind of the mystery about the X and the heart the clues, and where right. The keys and, but I wish it was kind of a little more centered on that. Does that mm. make sense? I don't know. Well, it is yeah. sort of the grounding of the film. The whole film was kind of told around those two characters. But you're right; it's not really all about them getting out of the room. No, right. there's really only a couple of clues. I mean, and it starts out that way, you know, with uh, them having to decipher the messages and then just little symbols and things in the room being mm-hmm. clues that they can then you know find things behind. X marks the spot. Sometimes you see more with your eyes shut. But that kind of peters off after the first 40 minutes or so. Yeah, and it peters off. I mean, it's not really the same thing going into the rest of the series. Right. No, it's not. Uh, I think part two has him trying to get out of a house yeah. that's all boarded up. That's maybe the closest it comes. And then from there on out, it's just people caught in traps. Just yeah. People. yeah, Pretty much trying to get out of well, them. Darted. Just a parade of traps loosely Was- connected with like uh, some kind of un- unbelievably complicated story of people investigating and trying to find Jigsaw. I think I remember liking part two. Was part two the one where the girl had to put her hands up in the box yes, and like the razor? the razors. Oh, that, that image. Is that like poking your finger through the straw hole in a... Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Except <laughs> like it's razor blades. Like a Chinese finger trap. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you try to pull them out and that's when you start having problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a lot of really, really demented traps like that. And, and of course, obviously, as they go on through, what, six more movies? Oh or my five God, more no, movies? At least five. I think six. I, I think there were seven altogether. Yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, the well... you gotta you got to really dig the bottom of the barrel to come up with brand new interesting things. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why it gets so gross and strange. Yeah. But but it also gets extremely convoluted. And I mean, I don't know. We're talking about this movie. We're not really talking about the rest of them. But let me just tell you, I mean, you have to watch them from beginning to end. You have to start with one and go all the way through to seven if you want to have make any sense of yeah. parts two on. Right. You'll have no idea. <laughs> They're not self-contained. People come back from They're the not. dead. Or not, or not back from the dead, but like people you think are dead come back. And, and people who seem to be okay. It's similar kind of deals where people who escape Saw's tortures turn out to then be working for him or then maybe they were working for him all along and right. they were in right. the trap as a decoy. I mean, all oh. kinds of strange things. But that's what you do when you... When you didn't expect this film to go to, to spawn Keep so many going, things, exactly. right? Yeah. Right. And so far, you know that they'll come back to this series eventually. It was too profitable for them not to. They said the last one was the last one, but they lie. <laughs> <laughs> they'll wait. They'll wait a handful of years, they'll and we'll get it with yeah. Actors, maybe. Oh, <laughs> saw reborn. You're absolutely well. They kind of have to once they run out of a few more um, series to a reboot. Right. right. You know, we're on our what third reboot of. Uh, 
Texas Chainsaw, or no, <laughs> yeah. third reboot of Halloween, right? Second yeah. reboot of mm-hmm. Halloween. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, they have to. That cell phone is a flip phone. In <laughs> ten years, they're not even going to know what that is. That's <laughs> true. How much of this wouldn't have been an issue in today's uh, society? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, his wife probably would have been tracking him. Oh, yeah, probably. you know, knowing where he was probably. going. From a filmmaking perspective, I thought it, I was really quite impressed. And I was impressed when I first saw it, but I was really overcome by the stylishness of it, you know, yeah. that I'd never seen before. Now, like you said, Craig, that I've seen a thousand movies like this, uh-huh. I kind of come back and compare it. Right. And as we said before, it's almost quaint. It's almost like going back and watching Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. because now you've seen so many Quentin Tarantino-esques that the original that started it all, just it's quieter, it's not as over the top. And so it just really kind of exposed to me some of the interesting... I mean, James Wan is a pretty talented director, I think. This being his first big movie, the way that he uses sequences I really liked. I liked the sequence with the camera, the flash bulbs. Yeah, that was spooky. In the apartment. And I've seen that in before. Yeah. Um, He is not original to that, but it was very well done. Yeah, it was very creepy. Uh, Kristen, you were... <laughs> I can tell you were very <sighs> tense. In that you were, you were. Well, it just so I don't know. It so emphasizes that somebody's watching. So who else could be watching? And it's scary. <laughs> I thought it was funny when he found the the doll in there, and then he like beats Beat it, it. <laughs> with with a baseball bat. Like, dude, it's a doll. Do? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, maybe be a little bit more concerned know. about whoever put it put there. It there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the like bigger maybe issue. Maybe turn on a light instead of walking around in the dark for yeah, ten right? minutes. That was a good. That was a good sequence, and I know what you mean. I feel like now it feels a little bit dated. It's almost got kind of a, a late '90s, early 2000s kind mm-hmm. of music video feel to it. Mm. I'm thinking especially of the places where they do. Um, oh my gosh! Here's a big revelation. Let's flash back to all of those little things that you should have picked yes. up along the way, but you didn't. And. Uh, when there would be, you know, some real, real, I don't even know what they call it, Ty. What do they call that when it's like the real super fast? Oh, just like when around. they overcrank the camera. So yeah, it's like, so yeah. everything's like super fast motion. Right. And, and But also with that jerkiness added yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a handheld camera like a hand- that's getting played <laughs> through super fast. They're just running around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, again, that was really stylish at the time. And now, you know, you don't really see it that As much because it's kind of overplayed. Well, and you probably noticed things, you know, I, I never would have noticed. I read this uh, on IMDb or somewhere, but um, uh, he was very conscious of, of the, the style. And, and um, when it was filmed from Carrie Elway's perspective, looking at Adam, it was very steady cam. And then when it was from Adam's perspective, it was more handheld shaky huh. to kind of try to play huh. into their different characters, which if you notice, uh, those things are, are interesting. I, I, I don't know if I would have picked up on it. Well, it's the kind of thing that you're supposed to subconsciously take in right. and not really notice outright. I certainly didn't notice yeah. it. Mm-mm. But you're right. I mean, Adam was the guy who was uh, immature. I mean, he's flat out Carrie Elway's, you know, character. He calls Larry. him juvenile. Calls right. him juvenile, yeah. flat out. It's like, you're immature, and you can see that. Yeah, you know? definitely. Um, whereas he seemed to be the more calm and collected, I'm a surgeon, but then breaks down. Right, right up there. until the end, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> when things go terribly wrong. Something that's interesting about the production is they, they did have to cut. I don't think that they had to cut any complete scenes. They had to trim it down. They had to trim down some of the gore. I know that they trimmed down some of the scene with um, the overweight guy in the razor wire. They had to cut some of that out. They had to cut some other stuff. But once they had done that, I don't know how they determined this, but they decided that they didn't have adequate footage. So they actually went back and did a lot of um, reshoots, but the 
cast had already gone. I mean, they were mm-hmm. they were gone. So a lot of it, it when you see people from behind, like walking into and out of buildings, it's just Lee Winnell in uh, in <laughs> other people's costumes. There's a woman's wig and <laughs> right, like exactly. that. The hood. He's got a hood on. Yeah, there's um, and there are also and, and I only noticed this because I had read about it, but there are also lots of different places, especially where things are being revealed or whatever, where you just see hands working. Oh yeah, Lee Winnell's hands, like uh, when um, Amanda the. the girl we were talking about before when she's digging through the guts those oh, are Lee Wanell's yeah. hands oh wow. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, they fleshed it all out and just kind of cut and pasted things together and that may have some impact on the final you know, maybe that's why we get those choppy scenes I don't know that's true well you know no better way to sort of disguise the fact that maybe you've shot these weird than to give it sort of a gritty look right. and be flicking and flickering uh, you know the right. images fast you patchy so quick that you only get a sense of it and what a happy accident that was then yeah you know that uh it's again that's that sort of Spielbergian Jaws type thing where the less you see of it, sort of the better it right. is. I I also thought of another film that did that really well. Um, what's the one that takes place in space uh, where they 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 basically find a portal to hell? Oh, Event Horizon. Event Horizon yeah. does that very effectively, where this little portal and what you see through the hellish portal is just nothing but almost subconscious flashes yeah. of things past you, but it is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Because your brain just fills in those blanks, and it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> And that's another example of them having to cut. You know, they there were far there were more extended. <laughs> talking about a different movie now. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> wrapping up. There were a lot more extended scenes in that that ended up getting no on way. the cutting room floor too. Yeah, <laughs> it's worse almost to not see it. Yeah, it really is. Oh, you leave yeah. something to the imagination. I mean, that's not a big surprise. Uh, we use that as parents all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you say stuff like, "Go to bed," or "You're not gonna like what happens." <laughs> <laughs> And you let them fill in the blanks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good. Good. Yeah. She might cut my stomach open. Instead. <laughs> she might. You never like, know. I guess it depends on the child, huh? Yeah. You're not going to like it, though. <laughs> but it is funny how, in retrospect, slow-paced this film is. Um, it really takes its time. It is an 11-year-old film, and it didn't feel like it at the time I saw it, but now within the context of what's coming out now, it really does take its time. Yeah, I think that people in general are, are getting a little bit uh, tired with with this style. You're not seeing it as much, and the stuff that you do see is typically direct-to-video. We seem to be kind of on a trend back towards paranormal, suspense-type things, which, you know, is, is all well and good. I, I'm sure, you know, as trends do, this one will come back around uh, after a while. But I can't really think of anything that's come out in this type of genre that has been of the kind of cinematic quality that this movie is. I mean, this movie—it's well made. Whether you're into this this genre or not, um, it, it's 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 a well made movie. And the only one that I can really think of that I thought was a pretty good variant on the uh, idea is Hostel Two. Not even Hostel One. I think Hostel Two is a, <laughs> a really good. Oh yeah. More so than Hostel 1. I think so, yeah. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. Uh, I, I, I get them both confused in my head. They were so. created. The, Hostel 2 was the one that had the Lady Bathory scene, and girls oh, girls right. were the the, yes. the main characters, which I, I thought was interesting. That's true. Um, 
And again, I think it was a legitimately good movie, but I've seen so many of these just really gory, you know, going over the top, trying to make an impact <laughs> uh, that that are, are just bad, you know, yeah. bad effects, well, stupid I mean, stories. There's one, there's, you reach a point where it's guts. Yeah. Uh, you can't get worse than it, so what do you do? Right. Do you know what I mean? If you've turned a body inside out, that's as worse as it could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then what? <laughs> well, and and this film and the films that followed it really stuck with the puzzle aspect. Uh-huh. And to me, mm-hmm. that was what got me about these films. Yes, as I said, the visceral aspect of it, the fact that I'm watching a movie that's difficult for me to watch and it's hard for me to find mm-hmm. was one part of it. But the other part of it was really, I just liked the mystery yeah. of who's it going to be? There's always a twist at the end of all these films. And yeah. so it becomes like, you know, it's like reading an O. Henry story every time. Part of the fun of it is to try to figure out and then experience the twist at the end right. and a lot of the movies you're describing craig you know are, are just they're not like that yeah they're that's true. just gross and gory it's like friday the 13th but we've added the torture porn aspect you know the torture aspect to it and a lot more blood and guts but it's really hollow and empty mm-hmm. um the worst one for me was wolf creek i saw wolf creek and i was pissed off which one was that? Is that the... the In Australia, yeah, where the, the girls yeah, get... Exploitation, yeah. And yeah. all it is, is the, <clears throat> there's some girls camping, or people camping, and there's a crazy guy. And he grabs them, and chains them up, and brutally one by them. one, brutally murders them until one of them gets away. I mean, it's... It's what sort of everything I think devolved to. Yeah, they seem you know the, those were like like that. I watched it. I thought it was all right. I even watched the sequel. It was not all right. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, some of them seem mean spirited. You know what I mean? Like it's like violence for violence' sake, and and. Uh, they they're light on storytelling. I mean, okay, oh, there's a big uh, scary guy in the desert who's gonna chop us up. You know, okay, that's it. You know, that's the whole plot. I mean, here there was intricacy of plot, mm-hmm. um, and and that it, it just it demonstrates more skill from everybody involved. <clears throat> well, and it's fun to watch, and a film's got to be kind of fun to watch, even you know, despite the subject matter. And at some point, it ceases to be fun. To watch somebody in pain and right. in horror, it's a sort of never-ending, and to even know in the back of your mind, it may just end up with them dying, too. Right. right. You know, like, there's no point to it. It gets so nihilistic. See, and I think that the sequels kind of fell into that. I think that the further along they went, it, it kind of became less... I mean, they, they still were very intricate with the storytelling, but it almost felt forced. It seemed just like... How are we going to keep this going so we can keep coming up with these interesting kills? And people wanted it. You know, they were making tons of money in the theater, so it's not, you know, they were meeting a demand, but uh, it just, they kind of devolved, I think, over the course of the series. I think you're right about that. Um, if it hadn't been for my Halloween tradition, you know, I, I, you know, I would have stopped at some point. Did you see them all? I did. I saw every single one of them in the theater, including the last one in 3D. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I just I was sad. I, I've got to admit, I was really <laughs> sad. I was sad at the loss of that tradition. Like yeah, there was no movie every Halloween after that that I could just. All right, honey, I'm going by myself to the theater. I'm going to get my bag of popcorn. I'm going to sit. I'm going to watch this, yeah. and I'm going to come out, and I'm going to you know kind of kind of enjoy. I it. don't think you were alone at all. I think a lot of people felt that way. You know, it it was kind of a way to celebrate the season, which is is nice. Paranormal Activity kind of took over. Um, yeah, and I and I I, I think I think that. Didn't it? It kind of came it up did. against Saw there for a little while, and, and overtook it, it. And overtook. And um, you're right. And now we're seeing a swing toward that direction of film. Right. 
Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if I saw them all or not, but I do remember that I saw the seventh one, and I felt like the seventh one. I'm sorry for your loss, but I felt like the seventh one. It's okay, I'm over it. <laughs> I felt like they did a good job of wrapping up the story, and in a really unexpected way. Yes. I'm just going to spoil it for you. Carrie always Carrie always pops back up uh, in in the seventh one. Yay! <clears throat> you could go see the seventh I'll one, Chris. The and, seventh and, one. but you got to see the other five in between. And you find yeah. out that he's kind of been behind the scenes throughout the whole series, and we just never knew it. No, he's back, and I mean, it was, uh, it was kind of a fun deep. way to. What did he? How was he behind the scenes in this? He one? doesn't. He ends up working for Jigsaw, yeah. doesn't he? Or carrying on Jigsaw's. I'm pretty work sure after he after he, Jigsaw dies. Which, in retrospect, makes kind of sense because it's the doctor and the patient. Uh-huh. You know, it's the doctor who's been reformed, and so he's kind of seen it. And so now he's going to take a surgical precision to uh, taking his uh, yeah. his patients. Um, you know, saving people like a doctor's supposed to, but not like a doctor's right. supposed <laughs> to. <laughs> Giving them a quality of life right. afterwards. Uh, <laughs> maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but I think I feel like in the marketing for that last movie, they did a really good job of concealing the fact that Carrie Always was going to be a part of it again. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember when he pops up in the movie, but when he popped up, I felt it was like a gift or a reward. Like, ah, oh, yes! <laughs> I knew I watched all these movies for some yes. reason. <laughs> the twist to end all twists. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean... Despite its flaws, I mean, there are a lot of things that don't make sense in this film. Things always work out a little too perfectly for Jigsaw, mm. especially as the sequels go. Mm. But in this one, it's 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 a simple enough plot that it wasn't quite so bad. Uh, the fact that he's there the whole time, he could really put an end to everything whenever he wanted. Right. You know, by electrocuting them both to mm-hmm. death. No matter whether the, the girls get away or whether, you know, the cops yeah. start barreling down the door or whatever. As it goes... It gets so convoluted that it would be, you know, it's ridiculous that he that he was such a good student of psychology to predict what people are going to do right. at any given time and mm-hmm. go along. But like, there's stuff like the cops going through by themselves yeah. into the lair. What kind of a photographer, uh, surveillance, you know, type photographer is using a flash? Right. right. You know, <laughs> like there's just uh, there's there's silly stuff in there that didn't need to be in there. But what are you going to say? I mean, again, uh, the dialogue was kind of poor. The yeah. I don't mean to be critical of anybody's acting, but uh, both main gentlemen were clearly trying to mask accents and not doing a terribly good job. Oh, I no. mean, that's really nitpicky, but it, you notice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it kind pulls of pulls you, right you out. out. Yeah, it, it really does. <clears throat> Even if you didn't know their backgrounds, you would think something is wrong with them Something's with wrong. their way of speaking. <laughs> yeah, well, I will give uh, what's the the guy's name who played Lee. Adam again? Lee. 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 I will give Lee some credit. I didn't pick up it until you know at least halfway through. I think. And I thought, wait a second, something's off. But uh, Carrie, my homeboy Carrie, yeah. I he needs to just decide what he is. <laughs> Are he did. You British? He did slip quite a bit, especially Are you American. Yeah, especially in in times of heightened emotion, he would really kind of slip up. And uh, frankly, at the end of the movie, when he kind of goes off the ledge, I thought his performance was pretty over the top. It was bad. <laughs> You're gonna be all right. You're just wounded, wounded in the shoulder. I have to go and get help. Now, how, who's to say? I, I'm sure would be a blubbering mess in anything resembling that situation. But you know, he's kind of level-headed all the way through, and then by the end, he, oh, you know, he's just yes. simpering and crying on right. the floor. And I just feel like a phone call was not <coughs> enough motivation to just lose it all and cut off your foot at that yeah. moment after everything had already happened. You know, your time was already up. 
Yeah. And just figure he it out he from could here. Salvage the situation. <laughs> I guess. I think what we were supposed to take away from it is that he had literally lost it. Like yeah. he had been pushed over the edge. I mean, the man's supposed to be a surgeon and he saws off his foot with a hacksaw that he's been doling on a steel chain throughout the course of the <laughs> right. entire movie. Which came out of a rusty toilet. A toilet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm not sure even if he stops the bleeding, he's gonna live after yeah. that. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and they again they have they have no idea where they are. I mean, I guess what's the alternative? Stay in there forever. I guess he had to do what he had to do. But there's no way he's getting well, out of there. There's no way he's gonna crawl his way out of there no. as slow as he was going. But then, yeah. as slow as he was leaving, he what he turned around two more times. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be back. I'm back. back. I promise I'll be back. I'll, turns back around. I'm I'm not lying to you. I will yeah. go back. I wouldn't lie to you. Come back. Stay strong or whatever. Yes. <laughs> what if he got all the way out and then came back? Yeah. <laughs> Are you still okay? Good. Uh, I'll be right. Okay. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, well, this is the first time I'd seen it since the first time I'd really? seen it. Really? Yeah, I'd honestly not come back to see it, and I was pleasantly surprised. It was just a slightly different movie in retrospect yeah. than I remembered it being, and I think that's a testament to its uh, originality I agree. Uh, at the time. But again, I felt that same feeling, whereas if I were now coming to this film, never having seen it, but having seen all the horror films I've seen in the, in the midst that were inspired by it, it would seem a little maybe lame. Yeah, at, at, at least middle of the pack. You yeah, know, I, I don't think that it would necessarily stand out the way that it did at the time, but mm-hmm. you know, obviously it did. It, it hit the right notes for the time. Um, yeah, I, I, like I don't know if I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing, but they around Halloween they play all these movies all the time. I catch little snippets of them here and there. Um, it's a fun popcorn movie. You know, it's it's you're not gonna I don't think walk away from it with any kind of profound catharsis but uh oh i don't know i mean i do feel more grateful for my life <laughs> well, <now. good. laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, well i'm curious as to your there final you thoughts Kristen. uh having... <laughs> oh my final thoughts never having seen many horror films certainly nothing like not this before seen a lot of horror films. mother of of small children <laughs> right <laughs> um you know i do feel like uh it was a little cheesy i feel like uh throughout most of the whole middle part and into the end, it kind of was almost going for this psychological game. Yeah. But they weren't playing it well. Does that make sense? Do you know what mm. I mean? Acting-wise, I felt like it, it was lacking a little, which is disappointing. The sophistication you'd expect to see in, right. the, in the characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds silly, but it seems like there was so much time where it really was character-driven at least for the you know the plot to progress and and it it wasn't happening a lot. Do you know what I'm saying there? Mm. Um, I liked it. I don't know that I'd watch it again, but I'm glad for the experience. But there were a lot of moments where I just got to chuckle at things, and I thought that was great. I really liked the uh, the moment where Zeb calls out for the doctor's wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the murder, the murder, the wife has escaped, and yes. the murder. Where? I like she's gonna pop out and go. Yeah. I'm over here. <laughs> yeah, there were funny little parts like that. Would you say that you thought that it was scary or just gross? Because I don't know. I don't know. The you know the I, I guess the idea of finding yourself in that circumstance is unsettling. But I can't. You know, it seems so implausible. Uh, right. I don't know. I don't know if I would say it was really a scary film. Really, I mean, without all the gore. Mm-hmm. It, it plays more like a suspense movie, really. Like a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Like Columbo. With yeah. not enough suspense. But Maybe. yeah. 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 Mm. I think that I, I think that I would 
I was wanting them to be more level-headed. They were making choices, and I thought, well, that's just stupid. Why would you do that? <laughs> Welcome to horror. That's <laughs> right. That's what say. You always run up the stairs yeah. instead of out the always, front door. Right. That's generally what happens. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. But yeah, I think, I don't know if that's a writing thing, but I would love to see a horror film where they make all the right choices and it's still scary. Do you know what I mean? Because mm, I think there's so of many off the things top of my head. that are yeah. just, they just put themselves there because they made dumb choices. There are the ones where sometimes the characters are very self-aware and, you know, say, I feel like I'm in a horror movie and then, yeah, um, like, Cabin in the Woods does a good mm. job of playing really tongue-in-cheek mm, uh, yeah. with that. And there are some others like that, but this is pretty standard as far as the it is. Uh, decision-making you know, skills of horror characters. <laughs> well, and part of that, too, though, is that horror as a genre, and a lot of people don't realize this, especially if they if they only know it from afar, mm-hmm. has a pretty strong morality behind it. I mean, it's a twisted morality, and again, it's, it's sometimes uh, not the justice that you deserve, but the, the girls who have sex get it. Mm-hmm. The people who make poor choices are getting it. And it's unfair sometimes because, you know, when you're in the moment, of course you're going to make poor choices. Mm-hmm. But uh, because of that, it may be rare to see uh, a horror film sort of like this one where everyone's doing the, the right thing and still getting screwed. Mm-hmm. That s- slips to me into the bothersome section. That's when it starts to feel more nihilistic for me. This, this certain genre of of film is interesting to me this sort of torture porn type of horror because i feel like it's just pain you know once well, you feel the pain then that then what but you it, know it, what i mean right but it appeals to that basic human fear you know yeah. we all we yeah. all do whatever we can to avoid pain um, especially you know as gruesome as terrible as some of these things are well i've never <clears> broken a leg you know right, and no. if, and if somebody were to say break your leg and then, you know, you'll continue to live or something. Right. That is, as bizarre as that is, that is a tough call. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it is a strange, strange yeah. tough call. It was interesting to hear your perspective, Kristen, being a kind of a, uh, a novice in, in the genre. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming and joining us. Um, I appreciate it. You know, it was a great idea. And, and I think actually in retrospect... A pretty good film to to bring you in on. Cool, not bad, not yeah. as bad as I thought it was going to be. And it was fun. It was fun for me to kind of get to sit next to you and and see when you were tensing up and talking nervously. I, Todd's boring. And Craig just... and I just sit and take notes. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we're so jaded by now. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to this edition of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. Kristen, thank you so much for coming along. Thanks for having me. You no, know, it's been wonderful having you. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please uh, share it with your friends. Check out our website. I'm still doing my 31 Days of Horror, so you can go to toddcoons.com, uh, where I have a, a review a new horror movie every day. We're coming to the close of the, of the month. Once again, this is Todd. And Craig. And Kristen. With two guys and a chainsaw. Ah.